Hi, this is Perry Marshall. You're listening to a free, highly abridged version of Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design. The full, unabridged version is available on Audible and Amazon. Introduction The Young Earth Creationist and His Curious Daughter My friend Bob knows I've been obsessing about evolution. He's a creationist who believes the Earth is 6,000 years old. He doesn't buy into the idea of evolution, but he does think our conversations are entertaining. One night, Bob, his kids, and I went to a restaurant for dinner. His 12-year-old daughter, Melanie, was sitting across the table from me. We were talking about evolution and the pros and cons of antibiotics. Her brother, Jack, was obsessing about the Chicago Bears. Bob was sufficiently secure in his manhood to let me try to convince his daughter that evolution is possible. He also knows I would never attempt to snuff out anyone's sense of wonder. So, says I, hey, Melanie, you know about antibiotics and how you have to be careful with them because germs develop resistance, right? Oh, yeah, she says. If you don't finish your whole prescription, then you almost kill the bugs, but not quite. Then bugs become superbugs. Infection spreads all over the place and you're dead. Smart girl. Has anyone ever told you how the bugs become superbugs? I asked. No. Well, let's say you've got strep throat and you're taking antibiotics, I reply. The antibiotic poisons the bacteria in your system. It's breaking down their cell walls and it's killing them. So, they're swimming around inside you and they go on red alert. It's as though they're saying, hey, this poison is killing us. We've got to find a way to get this poison out. They trawl through your body searching for a solution. Eventually, one finds a cell that has a pump that could pump the poison out. That cell offers the bacterium, the DNA, and its plasmid. A plasmid is a file-sharing folder for swapping DNA. The bacterium pulls that DNA inside its cell wall. It finds the section of DNA that codes for a pump, reads the code, and builds itself a pump. Melanie blinks hard, listening intently. Then, if the pump works, the cell divides in two and makes daughter bacteria cells, and they inherit the pump. Not only that, it becomes a little software salesman. It starts giving code for its new pump to all its bacteria friends. Melanie furrows her brow. That's why antibiotics eventually stop working. But your own immune system fights back in similar ways. Immunity is actually an arms race between your body's cells and the invading cells. Melanie stops, mid-bite, eyes wide with wonder. Whoa, that's cool. I turn to Bob. That is just a taste of how evolution really works. Bugs become superbugs in one generation. Bob is chewing his last bite of steak. I didn't know that, and maybe it's all true, he says. But evolution still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, God might have used some evolution to make things the way they are. Things can evolve, but not everything evolved, especially not by accident. Bob, none of this happens by accident. You know how you have to get a tetanus shot every 10 years? That's because when you get it the first time, your immune cells add new equipment and instructions. A decade later, they realize that they've been lugging it around so long without using it that they don't need it anymore. They discard the excess baggage. The shot shocks your system and makes them say, okay, wait a minute, maybe we do need this code. Your immune system responds by beefing up its defenses again. Bob's eyes narrow a little. You make it sound like cells can think for themselves. I smile. 
They even talk to each other. Bacteria live in colonies and greet each other when they meet. They have words for me, you, us, and them. Different species speak different dialects. They're second only to humans in linguistic ability. Bob pushes back. Yeah, but bacteria fighting antibiotics isn't the same as camels evolving into giraffes. Sure, of course I believe in microevolution, but they've never proven macroevolution. Macroevolution, quantum adaptive leaps that produce brand new species, gave us wheat, which is a hybrid of two weeds, I said. Somebody came up with it 11,000 years ago. Breeders create new species every day. They cross two different species together to make a third species literally overnight. It doesn't take millions of years. Then, just like the bacteria rearrange their DNA, the cells of the new hybrid go to work and tune the fine details. Bob and I have been buddies for years, and he's giving me a familiar look. That look means, Perry, I like the way you make me think, but some of the stuff you come up with is just strange. Melanie takes a sip of Coke and leans towards me across the dinner table. Even though I've been mostly talking to Bob for the last few minutes, she's tracking perfectly. Cells actively respond to enemies and threats, she asks, and they borrow DNA from other cells, and when you mix two different species together, you get a new species? Yeah, I reply. Most of the time, the new species is sterile, but sometimes it's not. And the funny thing is, the jumps happen fast. Weeds to wheat didn't take millions of years. It might have only taken 100 generations to reach its current form. Bob is uber conservative. He's not entirely convinced, but he's intrigued. So all this could happen in less than 10,000 years? It's not that fast. The earth is very old. The high school biology books got that right. But the average biology book tells you that copying errors of DNA, random mutations, create gradual changes over time that are then filtered by natural selection to create new species and the latest research shows this is wrong. Bacteria, plants, giraffes adapt by exchanging and rearranging their DNA. Cells are tiny programmers. They rewrite code when they're under stress. Bob smiles a little, as if I've allowed him a small victory. So it's not random at all. No, it's not random. It's engineered. It's not gradual. It's quantum leaps. Cells adapt. The results they achieve are far superior to our own. There's a lot we can learn by studying cells and evolution. The waitress brings the check. Melanie's brother Jack is still talking about the Bears' upcoming match against the Green Bay Packers, so we switch to that. I notice that Melanie is lost in thought. She hasn't swallowed her next sip of Coke yet. I think. If I'd known what Melanie just discovered when I was 12... I might have become a biologist instead of an engineer.